Hey guys, it's Deanne, Kia Zeze here. Wow, I am excited and scared and a lot of things right now. This is the first time I have ever recorded um, a podcast. Um, I am really nervous. Um, my biggest fear lies in the fact that I have a fear of internet trolls. I don't know what they are, but they scare me. And my knowledge is that just by putting content out there that you are susceptible and I am nervous, but you know what? I saw a movie yesterday. It's a movie that is for the dreamers who dream, and I'm doing it. I'm taking a chance. I'm in it. What the hell, right? It's a new year. It's the first day of 2017. I saw over 140 brand new movies last year. That doesn't count anything I rewatched last year. Um, and that's a lot of my time. It kind of depresses me. And so I thought, hey, maybe a nice way to get myself out of my depression is to talk about the movies that I saw in a way that maybe could help other people enjoy or see something that they wouldn't have seen otherwise. And then that will make me happy. And then it's like this cycle of giving. I, it's glorious. So I thought, you know, why not? Um, I um, have put together a list, uh, a, a ranking of all of the movies that I saw. I'm going to share with you um, a few that stood out to me as well as review my top 10 all the way to my number one selection, which just get ready. It's exciting. I hope you're excited. I hope you can hang in there until we get there because I have some things I want to tell you about. Um, I also am going to share th that I only have my list in front of me. I don't have any resources on hand to look up names, etc. So everything is going to be coming out of my little brain, which scares me a little bit. I hope I don't get any names wrong. Um, but if I do, maybe I can just go back and delete it and you'll never know. So that's kind of the reactive approach I'm going to take here versus being proactive and just doing some research prior to recording because... <laughs> I mean, yeah, so, well, let's get started. Um, a couple of honorable mentions that I would like to throw out that are not in my top 10 that I just think are worth a mention are, uh, first and foremost is the documentary category. I didn't see a lot of documentaries this year for some strange reason. I was light there. But the one that I liked and enjoyed the most was Michael Jackson's journey from Motown to Off the Wall. It was, uh, came out much earlier in the year. Um, I think it was available on Showtime or HBO, one of those, pretty quickly. Uh, this is really interesting. It's Spike Lee, um, and it's obviously just a look at the early years of Michael Jackson. I thought it was really well done. Um, I found it, it fascinating. There is a scene where uh, they read a letter that Michael Jackson wrote that I just, like, my jaw dropped to the floor, uh, just in terms of sort of the look at what was going on in this amazingly talented uh, but troubled head of his. And um, anyway, I... Uh, recommend it and I'm hoping that Spike is going to do you know from off the wall to thriller let's do it Spike I'm in um the other thing that I wanted to give an honorable mention to is in the superhero genre I felt uh we all know there was a lot of those this year so I feel compelled to mention my number one superhero genre flick of 17 16 whoa which is Deadpool uh really funny really great movie and I think did something different so give it a try if you haven't seen it 
The other mention is in a very odd category for me, not one I would normally even bring up, but this would be your uh, action, disaster, true story thing. Is it true? I don't know. Anyway, this is a movie called Deepwater Horizon, and it was a really nice surprise for me. I think the one thing that stood out that I'll share is that um, it really lets you as the viewer sort of find your way through this kind of complicated process of offshore oil rig drilling and what that looks like um, and I d it does it in a way that doesn't make you feel like you're uh, being talked down to but kind of lets you find out with the characters um, and discover something really interesting and obviously dark and sad um, and a real tragic ending also that we all know about but that being said just see it this is the BP oil spill people that's what it's referring to okay so let's get into the top 10 movies of the year according to Deanne. I am so excited to talk about all 10 of these. Um, I had a hard time kind of settling, especially on my top five. They're almost interchangeable. I love them all so much in so many different ways. Um, but I'm going to get started with a movie called Green Room. Green Room comes from a, a writer and director named Jeremy Saulnier. He, Saulnier? Saulnier? Is that French? It's French? I don't know. I don't think I'm saying it right, but I'm going to keep saying it wrong to annoy you. So uh, what happens uh, in this particular movie is that uh, he takes some characters who are in a punk band and he drops them into a crazy environment that is basically uh, skinhead land. Um, they decide to be aggressive and sing a little F.U. song to these nasty people and craziness ensues little bit of cat and mouse, um, lots of kind of uh, how we're going to get out of this situation, and you definitely feel that tension in a really good way. Uh, Patrick Stewart makes an appearance in a surprise bad guy turn. That's worth its price of admission, I think, alone, uh, just to see him in this role. And also, there's a scene with a dog that is really crazy and kind of jarring but also like I haven't forgot about it it's crazy but be ready I mean this one it's got some visuals I mean you got to be ready for some stuff you're gonna see some stuff people when you see this uh, Jeremy also did a movie called Blue Ruin which came out a couple of years ago um, which is uh, was a sleeper that is kind of a rent revenge type plot really good movie if you haven't seen it so I would catch up with Green Room and Blue Ruin if you haven't Number nine. Oh, I love my number nine. It's my favorite comedy of the year. I love to have fun at the theater. Um, this particular movie is called Pop Star. Um, never stop, never stopping. And you may be surprised to hear that that's in my top ten. But I am telling you, this is a smart, funny movie. The production quality, uh, what they have put together, uh, the you know the Lonely Island guys have put together in terms of um, songs and portrayal of these songs is amazing and entertaining and funny and the soundtrack is hilarious and I just really felt myself drawn to this movie. I will admit to you that when I saw it I was drunk uh, so for the sake of the art and for my podcast I just want you all to know that I went back and watched it again just to make sure that you know there wasn't substances influencing my feeling for the movie and I would like you all to know that it stood up 
Okay, so quit judging me. I feel that I, you know, can have beer goggles when I watch movies and still come out with some good thoughts. So just stop, okay? Uh, pop star, never stop, never stopping. Enjoy yourself, laugh. Okay, um, number eight is a movie called Captain Fantastic. This is from a gentleman named Matt Ross, who, if any of you watched the old uh, Big Love on HBO a few years back, about polygamy, um, he played the character Albie. This is his directorial debut. Came out at Sundance. I didn't see it at Sundance. I actually saw it about a month ago, um, but I really liked this. It is a typical indie film, okay? In the sense, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know, it's that kind of start. There's that formulaic feel of here are some people. They are different. Now there's some humor. There's going to be something sad. All of that stuff is here, and so sometimes I find I get tired with some of that, so I'm looking for things that are a little different. The reason that this movie made my top ten and why it's different, <coughs> excuse me, is that uh, it really takes you on a little bit of a journey where you feel at the beginning that you're going to be seeing a movie where uh, some people are trying to live a different lifestyle, and why won't people just let them, just let them be? And then obviously they set up you know, the bad guy who you just assume is going to be the one that's going to continue to be the adversity. Um, but then as the movie unfolds um, and really well acted by Viggo Mortensen on screen as kind of a self-righteous um, minimalist with big ideas, um, he really kind of has um, a discovery and awakening in terms of what is right and what is wrong and how, how we judge people um, for their decisions, uh, and you end up also kind of having some of the characters that you felt were going to be one thing turn into something else for you, so it's, it's interesting. There's also a really nice little, uh, ditty at the end. It's, a, uh, the kids and father sing a version of Sweet Child of Mine, and I just dig it. It's super lovely and puts a nice capstone on the movie. In fact, I think if that wasn't there, I think that was sort of the thing that brought it all together for me. So uh, anyway, Captain Fantastic, uh, it is streaming anywhere you can stream. So go find this bad boy. Okay, are you ready for number seven? Are you ready for number seven? Number seven is 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yes, I said it. I loved this flick. This uh, is a spinoff-ish of the Cloverfield film, disaster alien movie from years back. Uh, there was a lot of uh, secrecy around this particular movie leading up to it coming out. It was untitled for a long time. It's a first-time director named Dan Trachtenberg who threw this together, and he did so brilliantly. Um, it really is a surprise in terms of content. It's uh, claustrophobic. Uh, it has an amazing performance by John Goodman, like you've never seen him before. I think he should be an awards talk, but unfortunately, I think because this movie came out so much earlier in the year that it's just not getting the attention that I think it deserves. This is a smart, uh, interesting thrill ride, and it also um, does something that a lot of movies fail to do, which is, without spoiling anything, um, comes to a conclusion that allows more than one thing to be true. You know, when you start watching a particular uh, narrative, you are typically looking for where it's going to go with some sort of 
kind of decisive, finite end. Um, this movie throws that out on its head a little bit and allows you to experience um, a couple of different things to be true at the same time, which is a cool experience, I think. I found it cool. So go see this. Uh, it's out. It's ready for you to watch. It wants you to watch it. Okay. Number six is the only animated film that I have on my list, and it is not a Disney movie, people. Disney had a kick-ass year, um, but uh, uh, none of them quite made my top. Um, I will say that if I was going to have something in my top from uh, Disney, the, the very top for me was Moana. I loved it. It fell in my number 12 slot, so it was close to making my top 10. But the movie that I chose is not about a girl who wants to be something better and find her way, but about a boy who wants to do those things, which I thought was kind of nice, um, especially given the year of female protagonists. I thought this one's for the boys, and uh, it is a little gentleman by the name of Kubo, of Kubo in the Two Strings. And uh, this is a beautiful story. It is beautiful to watch. It's from Leica Animation Studios, who brought us Paranorman and also Coraline. And uh, it's just um, like art made for you. Every single frame is created by hand. And it, when you watch this movie with that spirit in mind, it's impossible not to be mesmerized by what you're seeing. And it has a beautiful story with a beautiful message to go along with it. So um, enjoy it. I think that it's a great one to pull the family together for. Um, also, make sure to stay for the credits. This is one time you want to do that. There's a nice uh, little cover that Regina Spector does of a song called um, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And um, also it's overlaying uh, some kind of behind the scenes look at the creative process that brought the movie to you. And after finishing it and sitting there and then watching that at the end, it's a really powerful experience. Number five is Hell or High Water. Oh my gosh, I loved this movie. This um, is a portrayal of West Texas and uh, particularly without getting, I, I really want to avoid spoilers, so I'm not going to really tell much about the premise other than it's about two brothers who are in a little bit of a mission um, that you learn about that unfolds through the course of the movie. Um, they're doing some bad things, but you know, uh, maybe or maybe not for the right reasons. All of that will be for you to decide as you watch the movie. Um, but it is beautifully shot. There is this scene, um, you just feel that the scenery is, um, the, I, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's, ah, see, I told you I was going to mess up, so I just did. Um, let me back up. Okay, I'm going to cut this out later. Um, the scenery is so beautiful in a dark and dusty way, it just feels dusty. You feel like you're there, it kind of brings you into it. There's also this beautiful shot um, with Chris Pine and Ben Foster, and they are at their ranch, and there's this kind of slow-moving windmill in the background. It's this long shot. Uh, it's just beautiful. It could be a postcard of sort of a sad situation, but still a postcard nonetheless. So um, anyway, it's, it's visually beautiful. It's interesting. It's fun to watch, um, and it's uh, worth it. So if you've not seen Hell or High Water, I highly suggest it. Chris Pine, 
uh, takes a turn in this as the more subdued of the two brothers, which is different than you've, we've seen him as, you know, Captain Kirk and a little bit more of um, the rebel roles in this. He is actually kind of um, the more subdued character, and he does it really well. Um, I think he was, um, his performance really stands out for, for this. So, all right, uh, that was my worst one, I know. I'm going to delete it. Okay, number four, Arrival. Holy moly, I loved Arrival. I loved Arrival so much that I was obsessed with internet content surrounding this movie afterward. I love this movie because everybody got something different out of it. It is so beautiful. When you're watching it, at first you're not really sure what you're watching, and then it comes to this beautiful, just groundbreaking conclusion that... Um, is so meaningful in so many different ways and can be applied to so many things in your life, no matter who you are. Um, it is impossible not to, you know, have this movie resonate, I, I feel. Um, it is of the genre that I am making up right now. Let's, I'm going to make up a genre. You're hearing it here first. It's called Psy Draw. Draw Psy. I don't know. Um, what I'm saying is it's this idea of science fiction with more of a dramatic twist, using something that couldn't be real to help you connect to something that is very real. Um, and uh, this uh, movie does that. And it's beautifully scored by Johan Johansson. And there is this lovely, lovely number by Max Richter called Of the Nature of Daylight that overlays the amazing denouement of this movie and um it's chilling and beautiful and um yeah if you haven't seen arrival get ready um it changed me in some ways and i don't i'm not saying that to be silly i really found this movie moving and breathtaking so please enjoy it um number three this is a movie i saw in january when I was sitting in the theater watching it at Sundance, I never would have believed that um, it would still hold the weight uh, that it held for me that day um, over a year ago today. Um, and it does. This is Manchester by the Sea. This is from Kenneth Lonergan. And it is a lovely story of grief and um, of how we punish ourselves and create our own prisons and... Um, what that would look like in what is probably the most unimaginable of circumstances, the, the type of thing that you or I would um, think about as our worst fears. And if those were to come true, how, how does a person work through that? What does that person look like on the back end of, of something um, so life-changing? And Casey Affleck is the lead character, and he brings that to the screen in a way that is um, so amazing and haunting and also interestingly funny um even though it really shouldn't be there's a there's a joy to parts of this movie that are kind of hard to balance but also so ne necessary to get you through the runtime um but holy moly this just it, it sticks and you know it's a kick in the nuts you got to be ready people it's a kick in the nuts a kick in the tits whatever you got i don't know it's it's it, you got to be ready um for for this watch movie experience but it's worth it um number two holy cow number two came to me when i was walking through the desert of summer movie sucked movie after movie that just 
blue. I mean, awful. I was almost, I, I was going to give up. I was at my wit's end. And then all of a sudden, in the little red Netflix envelope, yes, I still send out for Netflix, arrives at our door the movie Sing Street by John Carney. And I throw it in thinking, here we go, another disappointment. And much to my delight, I did not stop smiling for the next hour and 45 minutes. I love this movie. It is, um, so John Carney did Once, and he also did the movie uh, uh, with Ruffalo called Begin Again. Uh, so he is the master of kind of the creativity process, songwriting, and then obviously what that looks like in more of a dramatized setting. That's what all three of these movies kind of are. Sing Street is a story of a boy who is dealing with uh, some problems at home, um, meets a girl, larger than life type of uh, girl that he wants um, to find a way to connect with. So he decides to start a band and um, it takes you through a series of kind of evolutions of his musical and creative creative process as he is trying to court this girl. And um, it's also overlaid with a relationship with his brother who um, is a drug addict who basically doesn't leave the house, who is brilliant um, and brings kind of this uh, comedic voice of reason uh, to the throughout the movie. And their relationship is really special and is, is kind of my one of my favorite parts of it. Um, the soundtrack is beautiful. The uh, ending scene, the culmination scene to the song Drive It Like You Stole It, which is an original piece that John Carney wrote for this movie, is great. Um, so, yeah, I love Sing Street. I love it. It's a part of me now. Okay. Numero one. Are you guys ready? Are you? I'm ready. I am so ready to talk about this movie. It is so rare in life that you can have expectations that are completely out of control and probably a little bit wacky and have those expectations be exceeded in a movie watching experience of a lifetime. So what compelled me to record this podcast today is my number one because I waited all of 2016 to see this. It was my most anticipated movie of the year. I got to see it on the last day of 2016, and it was everything that I wanted it to be and more. Um, the movie is called La La Land from Damien Chazelle. Damien Chazelle did Whiplash, which was my favorite movie of 2014 and uh, still remains one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, he has done it again here. This movie um, is probably best described in the way that it's kind of broken into three acts. The first act is, um, is visual, show-stopping numbers, beautiful music, beautiful dancing, like the kind of dancing that just makes you just smile on the inside because it's nostalgic and it's pure, but it's also new and you just don't know what you're seeing and it's so fun and colorful and vibrant and lovely. Um, so the, the movie just gets you going right off the bat. And then you move into a s much slower second act as you see these two characters who are um, 
who have basically found each other in Los Angeles as they are trying to make their dreams come true in their respective areas of focus and um, what that relationship looks like and what that support for each other looks like or doesn't look like. And, um, and then as you move into the third act, this movie does something completely unexpected um, and um, it challenges you and it's heartbreaking and it's also happy and it's everything that you want in a movie. I can't, I can't wait to see it again. I'm so jealous that all of you haven't seen it yet. Get to see it again because there's some movies that you just want to see over and over again for the first time and this is one of those so um i loved it i hope you love it i hope that i gave you some ideas of some movies that you maybe would want to check out um and i love movies i love la la land and let's listen to a little music from it to sign us out <laughs>